Lucille Ball. We think we know her, don't we? We've seen I Love Lucy for the last 50 years plus. We know Lucy, we know Desi, we know their children. But there's a lot we don't know yet. So let's learn it together. On this podcast, we're going to learn about Lucille Ball. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Today, let's talk about Lucy's Mission Impossible. But first, fans, let me apologize for something. I have been corrected about information that I gave regarding Lucille Ball's fear of birds. Remember in the last podcast, we talked about the bird flying in the window when Lucy's father died and it frightened her so much. She hated birds so much that she wanted nothing to do with them. Remember, I said I didn't remember seeing birds in any of the I Love Lucy episodes. Well, I have been corrected to Lucy fans. Nicole, my daughter, and Vernon, my friend, found two episodes that they could recall with birds and Lucy. The first being the Superman episode. I don't know how I forgot that. The ledge was filled with birds when Lucy was trapped out there in her Superman outfit. And also the episode where they bought the baby chicks when they were living in the country. And Lucy and um, Ethel went and bought the baby chicks. Those were also birds that I forgot. So I guess she actually did get over her fear of birds. Good job. Good job, Lucy. Bad job, Alpha. (laughs) Okay. Well, thank you for correcting me. Lucy fans do know their stuff. I'll tell you that. Now let's talk a little bit about Lucy, the visionary. As we all know, a lot of stars got their break from either being on Lucy or shows produced by Desi Lou, like I Love Lucy, Star Trek, The Lucy Show, The Untouchables, Andy Griffith, Mission Impossible, Westinghouse Desi Lou Playhouse, Hogan's Heroes. I did not know that, but yes, Hogan's Heroes is also on that list. Mannix, a show called Fair Exchange, The Ann Southern Show, Here's Lucy, Whirlybirds, The Texan, Guestward Ho, I guess that was a talk show, Guestward Ho, Our Miss Brooks, the very famous show I Spy, The Real McCoys, remember that one with Little Luke and Big Luke and Grandpa and Papina, (laughs) The Real McCoys, Life with Lucy, My Three Sons, Harrigan and Son, My Favorite Martian, My Living Doll, and a show called The Official Detective. Depending on your age, I guess you may be familiar with some of these and maybe not all of them, but look them up. 
Uh, you can probably find them on some of the Amazon shows or maybe even on YouTube. They are Desilu Productions after all. Well, it's 1961 and Lucille Ball is now married to Gary Martin, yes, and had taken over as president of Desilu. And she put Gary Morton in the position because, according to Lucy, it gave him something to do besides playing golf. But Gary Morton really didn't know enough. Not enough about running a studio as successful as Desi Lou. Uh, he ran into a lot of obstacles, I'm told. And he thought he might get a little help and support from Desi Arnaz. He thought Desi Arnaz would maybe teach him the ropes and help him out and get some of this stuff under his belt so he could be a good president at Desi Lou. Well, Desi was not interested. Desi would not help Gary with Desi Lou one bit. It's also said that Desi Arnaz would not have more than a casual conversation beyond high and by with Mr. Gary Morton. And he called Gary Morton, Barry Norton. Okay, okay, Desi. I guess there was a little jealousy there. So Lucy ended up taking the helm as president and got things back on track. She was amazing as president of Desilu, as we all know. Look what she accomplished. Uh, she saw that there were some serious budget problems, um, some things that were causing uh, financial difficulties with production delays. One show in particular that was causing a lot of problems the show, the show now known as Mission Impossible, was causing a lot of money problems in production. Actually, the original name of the show was The Briggs Squad, B-R-I-G-G-S Squad, The Briggs Squad. Then they changed it from The Briggs Squad to Impossible Mission Force. So we've gone from The Briggs Squad to Impossible Mission Force. Well... Lucy pared the name down to Mission Impossible. She loved the script. She knew the show had to be seen. So she pressed forward to have the show produced, even amid all the budget problems. The original lead actor was a man by the name of Stephen Hill, a very well-known actor and well-respected in the industry. But Stephen Hill had issues. Issues that caused problems in production and greatly affected the budget. That's a big no-no at Desilu. You see, because of his religion, Stephen Hill refused to work on Fridays and Saturdays. He also was known to hold up production and conduct Bible studies on set. But Lucy admired Stephen Hill. She admired his work. She had a lot of respect for the man, so she really wanted to press show, press forward with this show. But by the second year, CBS purchased the show, and the budget overages were just getting worse. So, sad to say, Stephen Hill was unceremoniously fired and replaced by, what's the man's name? You tell me. Have you heard of Peter Graves? Yes, Peter Graves replaced Stephen Hill in Mission Impossible. And the rest 
is Mission Impossible History. And as for Stephen Hill, after a 10-year hiatus, Stephen went on to play the role of district attorney in a very popular show. Have you heard of Law and Order? Yes, Stephen Hill went on to play the district attorney in the original show, Law and Order. So that was good for him. Very popular show. He didn't make it on Mission Impossible, but apparently after a 10-year hiatus, he was able to go on and play a very, very popular role as district attorney in the show that's also still in reruns, Law and Order. And to all you Trekkies, raise your hand if you're a Trekkie. Yes, my hand is up. Did you know that we would not have Star Trek if it were not for Lucy? There would not be a Star Trek if it had not been for Miss Lucille Ball. That's right, Trekkies. We would not have that very popular show if it were not for the president at the time of Desi Lu, Miss Lucille Ball. You see, the creator, Gene Roddenberry, explained his vision of Star Trek as being a kind of intergalactic wagon train. I can imagine hearing that pitch and being a little, hmm, myself intergalactic wagon train. Okay. Well, Ed Holly and W. Argyle Nelson, who are the executives of Desilu, did not want to produce the show. Absolutely not. Well, Lucy did. And she overruled them. So, thanks to Lucy, you have Star Trek still today. Otherwise, there would be no Star Trek series and uh, animated version, no film version, and no billions of dollars generated by the show across the globe. Ah, uh, but the egos had taken over the executives. Not so much the show itself, because after all, billions of dollars are billions of dollars. No, that's not why they were upset. They were upset that Lucy had overruled their decision to produce the show. They weren't going to get off that ego that she had come before everyone and said yes to something they had said no to. So these executives who had worked for Desi Lu all these years in their uh, executive position under the guise of friendship also began to call Lucy the lady who became a man or... They would refer to her as Mr. Lucille Ball. That's so rude. But Lucy brushed off the insults. Classy lady. She responded with, If I were going to turn into a man, I would have done it a long time ago. I just couldn't walk away and say, Forget it. We're an institution. So I took the responsibilities. Very good. Very good, Lucy. And we thank you for that. We all have a lot to thank you for. There's one more person I thought you might be familiar with.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. recognize that voice I would have sang it for you but I didn't want to frighten you just kidding that's Cher the famous Cher have you heard of her few have not well Cher may not have appeared with Lucille Ball but her mother did did you know that Cher's mother Georgia Holt played a model on both I Love Lucy and the Lucy show on I Love Lucy, on the episode Lucy Buys a Paris Gown, remember that one, episode 147? Georgia Holt was one of the models that walked by the outdoor cafe with the designer Jacques Marcel. Remember wearing the dress that Ricky and Fred had made as a joke for Lucy and Ethel out of the burlap bags and champagne bucket? Georgia Holt was the model that walked by with Jacques Marceau when they were looking uh, at them at the outdoor cafe sitting with Ricky and Fred. Georgia Holt also played a model on the Lucy show years later in the episode with the hypnotist Pat Collins. Are you familiar with her? I think she's on a couple of episodes of the Lucy show. Well, Georgia Holt played a model on that show as well. She was in the restaurant where they were having lunch. And Georgia Holt, mother of Cher, walked by in a beautiful gown in the restaurant with none other than Lucy. And I wonder if Cher's mother, being on I Love Lucy and The Lucy Show, makes Cher a Lucy fan. Okay, here's one for you fans. Which episode received the longest recorded laugh from a live audience? It was episode 172, Lucy Does the Tango in 1957. Remember, it was the dance scene. Lucy and Ricky are doing the tango and rehearsing for a scene, I believe, at Little Ricky's school. Well, Lucy and Ethel had stuffed their clothes with these eggs. They were planning to go outside and, and put in the, the chicken coop so that Ricky wouldn't get rid of the chickens. Well, unexpectedly, Ricky comes in and wants to rehearse to dance. It's the tango with a shirt full of eggs. The longest recorded laugh came when Ricky spun Lucy around and crushed all the eggs she had tucked in her shirt. And of course, the eggs broke. I remember the scene vividly. Well, that laugh lasted 65 seconds. The longest recorded laugh from a live 
audience. 65 seconds. I know it might not seem long, but try it. Try laughing for 65 seconds. I tried it. I came up maybe 30 seconds. The only thing that will make me laugh 65 seconds is probably an episode of I Love Lucy because I'm still laughing at the shows like I've never seen them before, especially uh, the episodes when they were in Europe. Remember, they were traveling through Europe uh, and they met Charles Boyer and Lucy tried to trick Ricky into thinking he was someone else. Remember that? And when the jig was up, Lucy and Ethel were all over Charles Boyer's crushing his hat and helping him with his jacket. I believe they tore it, squirting him with ink. (laughs) Well, funny thing about that scene, the ink scene, Charles Boyer actually insisted on wearing his own clothes for the role. So that shirt belonged to him. Um... So when they got to the part of the script where Lucy was to squirt ink on his shirt, Mr. Boyer was said not to be very happy. He was not going to have ink squirted on his pressed white shirt. So what ended up happening, the prop department had to do a demonstration for Mr. Boyer to clearly demonstrate that the ink was a water-based liquid and not really ink. (laughs) Charles Boyer on I Love Lucy. Movie star, great, great actor, also on I Love Lucy, as so many were. Um, I was watching, speaking of movies, I was watching a movie the other day called Now Voyager. Have you seen it? Now Voyager with Betty Davis. I'm watching this movie and I recognized one of the actresses from I Love Lucy. Um, It was the ballet scene, the ballet episode. I think it was episode 19. Uh, She played Madame Lamond, the ballet teacher. Her name is actually Mary Wicks. Mary Wicks was in Now Voyager with Betty Davis. Uh, I sometimes would confuse Mary Wicks with the actress from the Chocolate Factory episode, but that was actually uh, Elvia Allman. But anyway, yes, Mary Wicks, I Love Lucy, and Now Voyager. Mary Wicks also played on The Lucy Show. She played Lucy's Aunt Gussie on The Lucy Show. The Lucy Show was also a hit for for Lucille Ball. Started, I believe, in 1962 and ran until 1968 with 126 episodes. I like the Lucy show. She was still working with Vivian Vance. They always were such a great pair to work together, dynamic duo. Uh, Vivian Vance came to work on the Lucy show with Lucy as Vivian Bagley. Um, Lucille Carmichael's roommate, Vivian Bagley, played by Vivian Vance. This time, neither of them was married, though, but they were roommates, so there was no Ricky and there was no Fred. Uh, Lucy was actually dating the next-door neighbor, Harry, who was played by Dick Martin. Yes, and in the the Lucy show, Lucy and Vivian Vance both had children. Vivian had a son uh, named Sherman. And Lucy had a son and a daughter, like in real life, uh, Jerry and Chris. Her daughter, Lucy uh, Arnaz, actually played in some of the episodes of The Lucy Show, as well as 
the friend to Lucy's daughter, Chris. Uh, so the really good show, really good show. Um, we got to see Lucy as a mother to little Ricky baby and Lucy as a mother to teenagers. <laughs> uh, Chris was a teenage girl and Jerry was a, a young boy, not quite a teenager yet. But only one show that I remember, I know you will correct me if I'm wrong, uh, between I Love Lucy, The Lucy Show, Here's Lucy, and The Lucy Desi Comedy Hour, I believe The Lucy Show was the only time that Lucy had a sibling on the show. It was in the first season, and it's called Lucy's Sister Pays a Visit. Her sister Marge, actually, in the show, was an actress named Janet Waldo. And I believe it was the only time that Lucy had a sibling in one of her shows. Correct me if I'm wrong. I know you will. They did have another script um, for the Lucy show where Lucy and Viv were supposed to be at odds over the relationship with Harry, but the show didn't fare well with the audience. They didn't think it was very funny. They didn't think it played well to the relationship between Lucy and Vivian. So they decided not to air the show and play. They had a lot of other scripts, so it really wasn't a great loss to lose that one. But it was interesting how they were selective with what they decided to air and what they decided not to air. So eventually, actually, uh, Paramount purchased Desilu Studios, which I'm sure was fine with Lucy. She was very, very busy already. She was working on a movie, actually, at this time with Henry Fonda called Yours, Mine, and Ours. Oh, my God, what a great movie. There's one scene in particular that I always think about uh, when the actress Lucy was playing Helen Hunt, I believe. Lucy's character was tricked by Henry Fonda's children. Uh, and instead of a mild drink she ordered, they had given her a very strong alcoholic drink that made her very, very intoxicated at that dinner table. Oh my gosh, it was a hysterical scene. I laugh every time I see it. There's a 65-second laugh for you. Watch that scene. It's not quite uh, the same performance at all she gave with Vitamita Vegemin. But a very, very good interpretation of a drunk person, in my opinion, second only to Foster Brooks. <laughs> but uh, actually, Paramount executives did not want Lucille Ball for the role. And of course, once again, they were overruled. And I thank them um, for letting Lucy have her way. That movie cost them $2 million to make. But it brought $25 million into the box office. So they really had to back off and give Lucy the respect she deserved, which I don't understand why that was such a hard thing to do. They said it was difficult working with her. She was a perfectionist. She wanted to control everything from the lighting to the flow of the dialogue and cause a lot of tension on set. And I guess the tension didn't end when the movie was finished. But, you know, Lucy was hands-on. She was used to being hands-on. That's why she had been so successful, uh, because she's so hands-on and, and, and such a perfectionist. And the studio, now called Paramount Gower, ended up giving her an office in the uh, Paramount building, and she became president of Lucille Ball Productions. And she made Gary Morton vice president of the Lucille Ball Productions. 
Ah, well, again, Gary Morton didn't do well in that uh, position, and Paramount ended up releasing him, and they also got rid of a lot of Lucy's staff, period. They were trying to phase her out. You know, they tried to make the position and the studio uncomfortable so that she wouldn't want to be there. They would pretend she didn't uh, have any standing. And when you would call the studio and ask for her, the operators would respond, Lucy who? How can you say Lucy who? Um, at the studio where the woman started it all. Hulu, oh goodness. But they couldn't ignore the star. She had made it all possible. That show that she, Lucy Who made, <laughs> the I Love Lucy show was still the most popular show on television, even though it was still in reruns. It was so popular, in fact, that when it was time for the Senate committee hearings on the U.S. Vietnam policy, the president of CBS decided not to run the hearing, but to run a rerun of I Love Lucy Instead, he said no one was really interested. Housewives want to watch I Love Lucy. They don't want to watch Vietnam. And we're still watching those reruns today. So I definitely agree with Mr. President. And I'm glad he came to intercede for Lucy. I don't, I don't know why they found it so difficult. I mean, uh, she had done so much from... For Desi Lou, for Paramount, it must have been great. Paramount wanted to purchase it and did purchase it. Another person that I thought was not very nice to Lucy, and I often wonder, did he work for Paramount because he really seemed to be bitter? And that was Mr. Blackwell. Mr. Blackwell was a fashion critic, and he always, always would put Lucille Ball on his three worst dress lists. I didn't even know there was a such, such thing as a worst dress list. And um, he was just mean to her. I wonder if that, that animosity and salty came from uh, working with her at Paramount. He would say things like, if you can't wear it, carry it. Lucille Ball buys her clothes without any planning and then carries around everything she owns. She appears to look absolutely confused. Well, Mr. Blackwell, the problem with that statement is this. We've all seen Lucille Ball. We've all seen how she dresses, not just on the screen. We've seen her at award shows. We've seen her in movies. Lucille Ball is always dressed impeccably. So I think your anger and frustration must come from something else. I cannot believe that you could see her as elegant as she was and refer to her as a Halloween trick without the treat. And I think that's just a very mean thing to say. And I think you let your personal feelings probably get in the way with your professional feelings. And it sounds like bitter grapes. I think you owe her an apology. And I think you owe her Lucy fans an apology as well. There's no place for bitter grapes except for the scene in Bitter Grapes when Lucy was in Italy. And the grapes being thrown at the lady in the bin. I wonder if she was seeing Mr. Blackwell's face when she was throwing those grapes. <laughs> well, no, she's such a lady. She would never do such a thing. Oh, we have a question. Okay. Dear Hallmark Network, from what I'm reading on the Lucy fan pages, people are not very happy that the Walmart Hallmark Network... Oh, 
has stopped playing reruns of I Love Lucy? Why? Well, the Lucy fans are not very happy, Hallmark. Uh, give the people what they want. And what do they want? I love Lucy. So do I. They want I love Lucy. I want I love Lucy. Put it back on. Because I love Lucy too. Here's a bit of fan trivia. Okay. This is interesting. I like this. Most people think, and I did as well, the first sitcom to be filmed on tape was I Love Lucy. Ah, uh, a lot of people thought that. I did too, actually. But the answer is Amos and Andy. Amos and Andy was the first sitcom to be filmed on tape. I Love Lucy, however, was the first one to be put on tape in front of a live audience. And therein lies the difference. I don't think I'm wrong. I looked it up. <laughs> but you look it up. Let me know. Find something. Bring it to me. You know we're all Lucy fans. Let's do this together. Enjoy your day. Until next time, keep smiling. Keep laughing. Above all, keep laughing. It's the best medicine. Until next time, stay safe.